You're listening to the Dad Whisperer Podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. Whether you're a dad who wants to add more tools to your fathering toolbox or a daughter who wants to connect with her dad, or even a mom who wants to support your daughter's relationship with her father, you're invited to join the conversation today. Here now is your host, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. Hello and welcome to the Dad Whisperer Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. I love that you're here again today, Dad, especially if you're ready and open and willing to learn about some new things so that you can be a better dialed in dad, not only to your daughter, but even to your sons. You know that I love bringing you relevant topics that support that goal week in and week out, month in and month out, year in and year out. Well, you know the grid that guides our conversation every week, which is simply on your mark, get set, go. So dad, can you picture standing there with other dads who are alongside you getting ready to run your fathering race this week? Okay. You got that in mind? Now picture me on the sidelines as your coach cheering you on and saying on your mark, get set, go. On your mark, that's the topic or the theme, get set, filling that in with stories and stats and go is always your practical action step so that you can put your love for your daughter, even your sons and anyone in your life into action this week. Well, today I have a guest coach joining me. He's my friend, Tony Miltenberger, and I've had the privilege of being on his podcast, which is called the Reclamation Podcast. And we are here at a conference, Spark Ignite Media Conference in Texas, where neither of us live. He's from Dayton, Ohio. I'm from Fayetteville, Arkansas, and we're here face-to-face. We had such an awesome conversation over lunch. I said, we have got to do Mm -hmm. an interview right now, today, (laughs) before each of us head back home. Because dads, I'm telling you, this is a man who walks his talk. And you are going to hear a dad lead by example. He did a a breakout session today. Actually, it was a plenary session at this conference. And there was such a positive response because it's one dad talking about his stuff and inviting others to follow his lead. Well, Tony Miltenberger is the founder of follow to lead coaching, follow the number two lead coaching. He's a veteran podcast host, executive coach, author, and the associate pastor of disciple making at a church in Dayton, Ohio. His proudest accomplishment is being the father to three amazing kids, two older sons, and his youngest, Shiloh, is 12. When is she going to be 13? April 11th. Okay, so she's the 12 and a half. Yeah, thing. she's, oh, she would, she would really want us to say the half. But she, okay, <laughs> but, you know, heading into her teen years, which you all know is my sweet spot, but I love that here on the Dad Whisperer podcast, this is a conversation for dads preparing for when your daughter will hit, we call it, right, the teen years, or even dads that are in the trenches because any age that your daughter is, she needs you as a dad to Mm -hmm. dial in. And so he has been married to his high school sweetheart, Karen, for over 20 years. You can follow him at followtoleadcoaching.com. And it's such a joy, Tony, to have you here today. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much. It's an honor and obviously... Uh, having you on my podcast was great and I follow your stuff and I, I love being one of the dads that has you as a coach in the world. So thank you. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for that. Well, today on your mark, we're calling this dad, your greatest gift 
is on the other side of your wound. And that is actually a quote today at lunch that I wrote down that Tony said, and I'm like, okay, that'll preach. And we've got to unpack that today. So here we go. Get set. Let me just ask you, what gives you a heart for men? Because I know you're executive coaching men. You're coming alongside a lot of men right now. What gives you a heart for men? I think it really kind of started in my own childhood when my parents got divorced. I was eight years old and it was my mom left my dad and it was a really hard season for him. And I watched him struggle and it wasn't until he got a community around him that began to really shape and shift his outlook on life and his ability to kind of step out in the world again and, and kind of re-engage with us. And so then over the years, I enlisted in the Army Reserve, and I was just in pockets of men all the time. And mm. what I know is guys don't want to be alone, but we're afraid to admit it more often than not. And so uh, going after guys and their hearts and their families has been such a crucial part of the work that I get to do in the world. I love the fact that you're admitting that born out of your own story, because yeah. we're talking today about wounds and what do you do with them and where do you go with them? And granted, this is a gross generalization, but I think a lot of men, let's talk about military that you were in that, like, Hey, don't let them see you cry, you know, buckle up. Don't, don't focus on what's hurting. Yeah. Just focus on the goal ahead. Yeah. We used to say, suck it up and drive on. Okay. There you go. Salute the flag and carry on. So I, I think to state the obvious, it's not just about physical wounds, right? That men have gotten that message, but it's translated to their inner world. Speak to that. Well, I, I would say so that now more so than ever before, uh, being an emotional man is accepted, right? So, but mm -hmm. it's still not easy. And it's not easy because no one ever taught us how to deal with these things, right? My dad was not an emotional dad and his dad was even less emotional than mm. that. And so we're only a couple generations away from, you know, the John Wayne mentality where we have to kind of just suck it all up and not talk about it at all. And so I think that what we're realizing now is that in order to achieve the relational goals with our kids, with our spouses, even at work, we have to figure out to deal with the pain that's inside of us. And so one of the things that I just really believe is that that most of us in our lifetime are wounded somewhere between the ages of four and 12. Mm -hmm. That in, in that time frame, that something happens, no fault of anyone's intentionally, it's not malicious, it's, it's different than trauma. We call it little T trauma. Yeah, we were talking about that. We were big talking T, about that. Big T trauma, we could say it's the quote unquote bigger things. Yeah. More intentional, sometimes aggressive, yeah. abusive trauma, right? Small T, that's what we call it in, in my field, right? Yeah. Psychology is, it's still the wounding that happens just from being human. Right. And, and somewhere along the way, um, that wounding begins to imprint on us and then it, it, it begins to rear its head under stress, right? So on a normal Tuesday, when you're just going to work and you're having your coffee and you're moving kids around, no problem. But on that same Tuesday, when you're going to work and you're moving kids around and then all of a sudden there's extra stress or somebody forgets a book bag or somebody forgot to do something that was really important or all of a sudden it's nine o'clock and my daughter comes downstairs crying because she just realized she didn't do the math assignment and all I want to do is scream uh -huh. because I'm so frustrated. That's when I have to realize that it's not about her. Mm -hmm. It's about what's happening inside of me. You know, and I love Tony in our conversation earlier today, you were talking about, it's not just the times where there's a quote unquote negative response, yeah. a big 
blow up on on the outside or the inside because sometimes we know when it's passive aggressive right. you're like well at least i didn't yell but your whole family is terrified and they're walking on eggshells mm-hmm. of the blow which is just as significant right. maybe you can talk to that in a minute but you're even talking about the times where there's an intense positive response oh yeah i i love to use the example of my oldest son connor he's 17 plays middle linebacker and if he gets an interception and i absolutely lose my mind if i have an emotional response right we call this the i call it the emotional intensity scale so if you think about your emotions on an everyday maybe you run at like a one or a two three or four but anytime your emotional intensity spikes above a six good or bad it's almost always about you more than it is the other person and so connor scores a touchdown and i go to an eight yeah whoa let's go you know and i'm i'm that typical midwestern dad i'm screaming from the stand i'm high-fiving every stranger whether and they want sure it or they not know that was your son my son yeah. right you know and here's the truth is that it's no longer about him it's about how i feel in the moment right so it's really become about me and so the struggle with that is is that we don't often talk about what to do when we have those kind of intense emotional responses and and i'm not calling one good or one bad but what i am saying is that wisdom in life and in relationships looks like becoming familiar with those wounds, mm-hmm. with those emotional intensity kind of scale moments, with those emotional reactions. I'm so grateful that you're talking about this because by and large, I mean, you can speak to this too from your side as a coach, as a pastor, as an author, a podcaster, you know, interactor even in the military with people. I'm talking more clinically, yeah. right, on my end. But by and large, not as many men I have found are as willing to be self-aware and going to those inner world places, I call it that place in your inner world where all that you've experienced is held somewhere on that mm-hmm. inside place. And so when there's not freedom or, or even maybe a roadmap of how to get out if you go in, I think a lot of men, yeah. women too, I know, but I'm speaking to men primarily, are afraid, what if I get in there and I can't get out? So could you speak to how does a man begin to go inward when he has one of those big scale reactions. You know, I often in my books and in my counseling talk about an eight, nine or 10, but we're, we're talking about the same thing. Yeah. I say that's hardwired behind the wall sure. long before that switch ever got turned on. And that's your own stuff. It may feel in the moment like it's your daughter forgetting something. And you said it 10 times. How did she not hear you? But if you have a big reaction, eight, nine, or 10, that's your own stuff. And so how would you tell a dad, let's do two parts. How does he go in there? What does that look like to tune in? And then how does he get out of there if he's courageous enough to go in? Yeah, so so anytime that your emotional response is bigger than what the situation warrants, and you, and you know it when it happens, you know when you're losing your insides or when you're losing your mind, good or bad, The challenge that I would make to you, dad, is to take a moment and ask yourself the question, um, when is the first time in my life that I felt this, right? If you can begin to to wrestle with the familiarity of the feeling, Mm -hmm. because what, what I know for sure is it's not the first time that you felt this way. It's not the first time that you felt disrespected, right? It's not the first time that you felt seen. It's not the first time that you felt some of those bigger feelings. It weren't heard. Yeah, right. You know, and so taking that moment to say, okay, when was, when did this first happen, 
right? And, and, and to begin to just catalog it. You don't have to do anything with it. I'm you not just notice. You. Just notice, right? Wisdom really is the gift of awareness. And so what I tend to do is I, I jot down things in a, in a journal that I keep near my bed, right? And so at the end of the day, I'm like, man, I uh, bumped up against my wound here, right? Or bumped uh-huh. up against my wound there. And I'll just write them down. And because what I'm trying to do is just is to really kind of evaluate that very first feeling and is it connected to what it's usually connected to? Is it connected to something different? Something new. You know, sometimes I'll have an emotional intensity reaction greater than I want when I'm in a what we call a halt situation, when I'm hungry, angry, lonely, tired, right? If I'm in a halt situation, I can't be trusted in those moments, right? I don't have good judgment. Right. And so I want to notice that too. Is this something deep or is this something superficial that maybe can be fixed with rest and I'm a cheeseburger? Hangry. Right. Maybe if I That's get some right. food right now. That's right. So if... If you're willing to pause and assess, when have I felt this feeling before? What I know is you'll begin to gain a deeper understanding of yourself in a way that um, will heal and grow the relationships around you. So if you're a dad listening that says, oh my goodness, Tony, that's way too touchy-feely for me. Mm-hmm. I don't have space because if I start tuning in, I might drown in there. If I start pulling up memories of when I was four and my dad would get out the belt and if I didn't hear him right, it was a 15 on a zero to 10. And he's like, I don't even want to write down a memory like that. What would you say to that dad? I I would say don't go exploring alone. That would probably be the, um, the first and, and best piece of advice, you know, I often tell people that we don't ever go into canyons by yourself. And if you're not sure the depth of where you're going, take somebody with you. This is, this is why we have communities, right? This is why we have coaches like Michelle or myself, right? This, we're there to help go into those spaces with you because the reality is, is while it's really emotional for you, it's not really emotional for someone else. Right. And so if you aren't like, oh, I don't know that I'm ready to, you know, bring in a, a professional, then my next best uh, suggestion would be to, to find a friend, you know, and I, I love to give things really cheesy names. And so um, <laughs> I, I have somebody who I call my puking buddy. <laughs> Never heard of that right. comment. That's, so a, that's a good name. A puking buddy. And we just get together and we grab lunch and we just complain. Right. And we just puke it all out. Uh Right. And so he and I have been doing it for a while. We meet every Friday. He's another pastor. I get there and I complain about the church. I complain about the people and like, and then he's like, you feel any better? And I was like, yeah, actually I do. I feel a lot better. (laughs) That's awesome. You know, like it's just a puking buddy. Right. And so, um, you can find a puking buddy or an accountability partner or, I have experience in, in 12-step programs. The, the 12-step room is a great place to go uh-huh. to start uh-huh. explore some of those feelings yeah. if you need it, right? Like, you just, you know, figure out which space feels the safest yeah. and don't go in alone. So a couple more things I'll, I'll add to that, just more from my clinical work, that might be helpful for a dad just to get as an image here, yeah. kind of a template on the front end if he's never done this kind of work. Because... We're going to come back after a break and talk about the gift that's on the other side. Mm. But this first part of our conversation is about how do you even tune into the wound? Yep. Because I think it's easy to call call it a not like this isn't my stuff. This isn't my wound. Right. It's you. If you wife or ex-wife or, or person at work or kid were, were acting different, 
I wouldn't be acting this way. So it's really not my problem. But here's one thing I would say, dad, is it might help to think about when you're in the moment writing something down and recalling something from the past, we call that being co-conscious. So one foot is in the past and one foot is in the present. So if you're writing something down by your bed, like Tony said, look around the room. You can do a five, four, three, two, one kind of acclamation in the room. What are five things I can see? What are four things I can hear? What are three things I can touch? You know, what are two things I can smell? Doesn't matter which order you do the five senses. And then I usually end with one. What's one thing I'm grateful for? or one thing I'm proud of right now that I'm doing or that I'm proud of in my life. But it may ground you in the present so you don't drown in the past. So that might be one grid that would help you as a dad to just in the moment, if you're afraid you're going to lose it, if you have to at all open up any cupboard where stuff got thrown when you were a little kid because there was no one to help you process or take it out of the closet. So I think that was really powerful. So that's what I'm saying is think about being co-conscious. Another tool is that five, four, three, two, one. Another practical thing is if it just feels too much, like you're flooding, tighten the muscles in your stomach. Mm. If you physically just tighten your stomach, it will help from hyperventilating. If you kind of feel, you know, and it kind of pulls your, your sensory awareness into your stomach. That's another helpful thing. And I'll give one more. Do you want to comment on that one though? Uh, well, before what I, I was go there, say, what I was going to say is one of the ones that I have used in the past, and uh, depending on how tough the season is, I have words that I say about myself, like right, like I'm generous, I'm humble, I'm loving, I'm faithful, right? Like, and I, it's kind of just affirmations that I have put either on a on a bathroom mirror or in my journal or in my phone, right? Like, it's they're all there, right? Like. I know who I am when I'm not in this moment. And so if I feel stuck in the moment, then I go back to who I am. I love it. Okay, I'm going to give one more visual that might help. I know we're kind of giving you guys a fire hose, almost like mini therapy session here from our different vantage points and our different planets, right? Mars and Venus. But it's something I heard once from a friend, and it's been really powerful to imagine a huge table on the inside of you. Mm. And if you're okay with Jesus or God as a father, Imagine him on one end of the table and the age you are now is on the other. And every age you've ever been is next to each other all the way around the table. And when you open up something from your past, you can begin to learn to ask inside, ask Jesus, ask God, what age did that begin? Which is what you'd said. Where did this have an origin or a beginning? Let's just say you're going, I have no idea. This is wackadoo. But you're asking God, you created me. What do you know? You may just go, I don't know, the number four keeps coming to my mind or the number eight. And then you say, okay, I'll go with that age. No harm, no foul. Just start there. And then you're asking God to give you wisdom. What happened at that time in my life? And then if it's too much, you can shut it down. And like Tony said, go talk with a friend. But my goodness, this is such an awesome conversation. We're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about how to be aware of the gift on the other side of the womb. Sound good? Perfect. Okay. We'll be right back. Are you a dad who has ever desired a deeper connection with your daughter, but haven't known how to go about it? Let's Talk Conversation Starters for Dads and Daughters is the very resource you need. Dr. Michelle wrote it with you dads in mind. This book will support you with scripted questions, equip you to decode your daughter, 
and inspire you with stories of other dads and daughters. Don't wait any longer to be the hero you want to be and that your daughter needs you to be. So, to let the talking begin, head on over to drmichellewatson.com forward slash books and order your copy today. This book will become a favorite in your fathering toolbox and will give you the answers you've been looking for. That's drmichellewatson.com forward slash books. Now, back to the Dad Whisperer podcast. Welcome back. I'm here today with my friend, Tony Miltenberger. Oh my goodness. I am in seventh heaven with this conversation because (laughs) this is where I live. This is not only the work I've done in my own life, but now coming up on three decades, Tony, I've had the privilege, like I know you have, of being trusted with people's stories, Mm. their raw and real unscripted stuff that they're, they're saying, well, I don't even know what's coming up right now. I'm just having a big feeling or a big emotion or a big flashback. Right. And when we're trusted with, you know, whatever's coming up to be healed, that's how my mentor used to say it is rather than going like, what's wrong with you? It's wait, I'm having a big, like you said, on a scale of stress, of anxiety, of reactivity, this is coming up to be healed. It takes the shame out of it. Doesn't yeah, it? It does. How have you dealt with some of your stuff? Cause this is kind of moving into the gift where you're seeing as you've been courageous to go into your wounds, what would you either tell the eight-year-old boy from your vantage point now or the you that didn't always know how to go there or was scared to go there? Yeah, why so, does it matter? I guess I'm saying, yeah. why, why would you tell, why would you do it now? Why would I do it now? you had to do over again. I, so, so he, here's the, let me go into a little bit of my story as kind I'd of love that. lay into this a little bit. When I was when I was four years old, my parents had unplanned twins, and it was such a gift, and also it was the most stressful thing in their life, and they couldn't afford them. I mean, just to be completely honest, they couldn't afford it. It wasn't planned. They were perfectly content just having my older sister and I, so they went from two to four. They doubled up, and one of the things that happened is, as a young man, I didn't feel very seen. As a matter of fact, it, I would later kind of realized that I, I didn't feel like I was seen at all, like I was worth it. You were like, that middle child, which sometimes can yeah. be the lost child. Yep, I felt completely lost. And then at eight, right after four years of struggle, my parents ended up getting divorced. And so then we're being tossed back and forth is how it felt. We're being tossed back and forth. And so I would say that the wound, what we talked about earlier, my wound is that I don't feel seen. Yeah. Now, Here's, here's what happened. I spent my entire life not feeling seen, working on it, looking at it, only to realize that the gift that I now have is that I see people. Ah. I see people because it's on the other side of my wound, right? So what ended up happening is that in order to, to feel seen, I began to see people to give away what I really wanted, and that became my greatest gift. And this is how this this is how this works, right? Our psyche wants something so bad that we give it away all the time. Right? We give it away to our kids, we give it away to our spouses, we give it away at work. We begin to give it away, give it away, give it away because that's really what we want, right? And and Gary Chapman talks about this all the time in the the five love languages. Maybe you've heard of it. One of the things that he says is that the platinum rule is to to love people as they want to be loved instead of the golden rule which is 
to love people the way we want to be loved. Yes. And so this idea is not new to me, but the, the truth is, is that your wound, what happened to you as a young man, dad, is, is impacted every step of your way. And a lot of your gifts, right? I'm a great storyteller. Why? Because I want people to see what I'm talking about, uh-huh. right? I'm you can a, give visuals I can and give imagery. Visuals. I'm dramatic. I love to bring people in. I'm an includer, right? Like I, I just want to Because you didn't to feel included. With people, right? Exactly. Exactly. So Michelle, I would ask you, what, what would you say your greatest gift is? I would say it's using my voice. And so when you were just talking, it came to me too, because again, I've done a lot of years of work on this. I'm a therapist because I did therapy for eight years. And I said, I've got to help other people get free and have scales fall off their eyes too. But so much of my trauma and abuse was about like an invisible zipper on my lips. Like I am never going to tell some of it was threat if I did, and learning not to have a voice and not to speak up, but I felt it always inside. I'd be sick to my stomach. You know, no one called it anxiety. Back in the day, it was all fear, and I thought fear was sin, and what do you do with that? There was no help for it. I just was, you know, felt the shame of this normal reaction, but no one told me what to do with it. Mm. I didn't know how to honor those feelings and know that it tied to a story And then to be able to invite Jesus into that story, a counselor helped me do that. And I'm like, oh, weird. He didn't quote a verse. He just like held my head (laughs) and stroked my tears. Sure. Whoa, that's wild. I mean, it's like he began to meet me in my story. But so much of it was about not having a voice. And then now to be able to be a voice. I mean, the name the dad whisperer someone gave me. I didn't come up with that. Chris Fabry at Moody Radio once said, you know what you should be called when he was interviewing me for my first book? The dad whisper. Isn't it interesting that the word whisper, it's still something vocal. Yeah. It's, but it's not shouting to be heard. Sure. And so I, I think because of that violation in being seen, mine was more, it, my wound wasn't about not being seen. I was seen too much, if you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. If you're abused, you were seen too much of you. Yours was about not being heard. Exactly. Right. And so this whole, do I need to shout to be heard above the noise? I want, you know, like, again, say that I have value, say that I have value because you, you're listening to me. But after there was a lot of healing without my even prompting, listen to this one. I did an interview, Portland, Oregon, where I was living at the time. And I got contacted afterwards by the host who said, we liked your sound. Mm. What? I literally said, I didn't know I had a sound, but you know what? I'm literally only, I'm doing therapy right here with you, Tony. I did not even realize till this moment that word I've said that story and the impact of it, but I don't think I'd correlated the gift of that sentence to the healing of where my wound had been. And had I not done that work because we can heal healing is natural. Yeah. God made our bodies to heal. Your body wants to heal. Yes, right. when we don't heal, that's unnatural. There's You have to go to a doctor when you don't heal. And so if you notice, Dad, that you're having really big reactions, as we were saying, high on the scale of intensity, it is worth doing the own work, your own work. Because on the other side, it is so fun. <laughs> it is so free. Right. It is so being alive, I would say, to the glory of God. Yeah. When... There is now a gift on the other side of the wound. 
And, and what it does is it gives you permission to use your gift in every circumstance. And I think that's one of the things that we don't realize is that oftentimes we choke back our gift because we haven't let ourselves heal. Your gift wants to come out. Or we choke it back or we overcompensate. Right. And yes. it's so obnoxious. People are like, Get oh my goodness. Right. All, yeah. You yeah. know, you know, and I think too, speaking to those that are maybe CEOs or leaders in companies, what have you seen as, as some of the traits or ways that these kinds of issues manifest? Because people might look and go, you're the height of success. You've, you've reached the pinnacle, but that's who you're working with. Yeah. I, so I would say that the number one thing that I wrestle with when I work with CEOs is, is living a life of integrity. And integrity means a fully integrated life. That the dad that you are on Sunday is the same dad on Monday, is the same leader on Friday. And what happens is, is we don't get to this place where we're fully integrated with our faith, with our values, with the culture, yeah. right? And, and if you're a leader and you're listening to this right now, the way that you show up has a direct impact on the culture of the company that you lead. And so if you're not healed, what you're really leading is a wounded company, Oh my goodness. Nobody talks about this from in the circles I'm in. <laughs> How about for you? No, I'm Are the only hearing? one that ever talks about wounds. It's no. I'm, I'm a real party killer. <laughs> no, here's what I know. Listen to me. What I'm saying is from the feedback yeah. you're getting from leaders, yeah. are they hearing what you just said in it, their coaching circles? It, it, well, so when, no, no, I'm the, I, so I, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's why God has opened a lot of doors for me because no one is understanding that people don't follow companies, they follow leaders. And so when the leader gets healthy, everybody gets healthy. Come on, in your home, right. in your business, right. in your marriage. Right. Yeah. And so the work that, that I believe that God has called me to do is to just help guys especially, because that's who I typically am drawn to, get healthy and then watch what happens. And it has generational impact. Oh, come on, come on. Generational And impact. it's never too late. You it's can be a grandpa who's just starting this. Because I'm, again, I'm already working on healing my son's wound that I was part of uh, causing. And what? how do you start that? Well, so we just talk about it. So you I, bring it up. I, of you course lead I the conversation. I, and for him, because he's 17 and he knows everything, just ask him. And <laughs> we have to sit in the car. And typically he's driving or I'm driving. And then we just kind of just start talking. I'm like, hey, son, I've been working on this theory about wounds. And what do you think about your wound? And you From know, he, me? You'll leave him be that yeah, blunt yeah. and open. Well, he, I mean, he knows the work I do, right? I've been a pastor for a long time. He's been a pastor's kid. He can't get around to me talking about my feelings. So <laughs> he, he indulges me. And uh, I said, well, you know, what do you think your wound is? And he's like, I'm not sure. And so then my next question is always, what do you think your greatest gift is? And he says, I, I show up for people. I'm responsible. And so what's his greatest wound? Well, he, he felt like somewhere along the way, I didn't, didn't show, show up, up for, for him. him. Right yeah. now, which is crazy because I feel like as a dad, my entire life was around that. But I look back and I'm like, well, that, that makes sense. I was, yeah. I was leading a church Yeah, yeah and yeah. everybody needed me. And right. I'm sure there were many times where yeah. he felt like I put the church above him. And so, even if it wasn't intentional. Yeah. And so dad, what I want you to hear that Tony just said is that living with integrity is a fully integrated life, which means integration means positive and negative, yeah. vanilla and chocolate, black and white, integrating both sides of the equation. And so you, when you come, the word humble with humility, come humbly to your kids and say, 
where have I failed you? Now that's a really big question, which yeah. is why even in my second book, this let's talk conversation starters for dads and daughters, I have a whole series of questions on dad wounds, a whole series of questions on dad voids and then on gifts, but you can open up this conversation. And if you don't know what to ask, get my book, follow the scripts. It gives you somewhere to start. If you really don't know how to do what Tony yeah. and I are talking about, but you want to, we can be a resource for you. In fact, I've even humble ways. And so I want to ask you final question. Cause I always end with a ghost step. Love it. If a dad sitting across you was listening to you right now and you're looking at him and you guys are having this honest conversation, what would you tell him is one way to begin focusing on the other side of his wound to then get to the gift? So I, I would say that the, the number one step that you can take is begin to ask people what your greatest gift is. Because the truth is, it's already, it's already rearing its head in your life. You're already showing up for people a certain kind of way. Go to those people. Go to the people that report to you. Go to the people in your life that are close to you. Maybe your kids. Maybe your kids. Absolutely. <laughs> and ask the question, ask the question, what about me do you love? I love it. What do I bring? What's my greatest gift to our relationship? And then just enjoy the responses. There you go. I love it. And you've given insight today on how now they'll be thinking, oh, I wonder what the other side of it is that yeah. I could explore. But you're coming through a doorway that's positive. Yeah. And I love that. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you, Tony, so much for being Thank here. You. It's been a joy to have this conversation. Well, On Your Mark today has been, Dad, your greatest gift is on the other side of your wound. I'm Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield, the Dad Whisperer, signing off and encouraging you to make today a day where you intentionally and consistently invest in pursuing your daughter's heart. Go, Dad. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Dad Whisperer Podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield. If you're looking for more resources to support the father-daughter relationship, or if you want to connect personally with Dr. Michelle, you can find all the information you need at drmichellewatson.com. That's drmichellewatson.com. And remember, you can listen to the Dad Whisperer podcast anytime on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. And while you're there, we'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you again on the next edition of the Dad Whisperer Podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield.